morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Christ City Church. My name is Lisa Rodriguez Watson. I am the pastor of equipping and discipleship here in our community. And this is Andrea. And you are the pastor of community life here at Christ City. Great. So um, we're super excited to be here this morning. We're just gathering ourselves here. Give us a minute. Thank you, band. Ooh, that was what we needed. <laughs> um, so we are in a series called Practice Makes Progress. And so we're wrapping that up today. We've had um, Matthew and Nikki. Well, y'all always call him Watson. I call him Matthew because he's my husband. <laughs> so, you know, that's who we're talking about. Um, and they talked about mission. And then last week, Jocelyn and uh, Justin talked about worship. And today, Drea and I are going to be talking about community. And you probably know that we're doing this a little differently because we're here on stools and not standing and switching. Um, but we wanted to have a conversation about community this morning. And so we're going to be asking each other a couple of questions and getting into the heart of, of something that's so important in the Christian life, but is also really important for our community here at Christ City Church. So here we go. Are we ready? Okay, there we are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Trying you. Trying something new. <laughs> All right, so let me ask the first question. What has your experience of community been at Christ City Church? Whew. We could tell a long, long story about this, but I'll tell the short version of this. Um, my family and I joined Christ City in 2013. We joined the Christ City community. And I'd say um, our journey in, in true life-changing community really began when we entered the Watson Small Group. So that was in 2014. So we'd been here for a little bit. And we took a chance, and it was a brand new small group of people. Um, I was very much in a place of like a season of transition, and I feel like usually transition seasons are marked by intense vulnerability. Just me? No? We hide it, but when you're in transition, you just feel like everything's out there. It happened that the people in our small group also, many of them were also in seasons of transition. So we were all sort of in this very raw, unknown kind of place. So the group was also um, more diverse than, than groups I had grown up with in church. We were racially diverse. We were, we were diverse amongst seasons of life. So like it wasn't all married folks. It wasn't all single folks. It wasn't all people with kids or not. It was a little bit of everybody. Um, and that group in community taught me what community is. Um, it, the group invested into me so much that it affected my decision making and has absolutely changed, I can say this and not be dramatic, that it's actually changed my life. The community that I found here has changed my life. They spoke into my life. For me specifically, really about vocation. Um, I sit here as one of the pastors here at Christ City. I can honestly say that I don't think I would be sitting here walking in this kind of calling if it hadn't been for that group of people who invested in me in a very particular kind of way in community. They cared about me, they cared about my family, my kids, cared about my kids. Um, and they really cared about who I was and who I was becoming. Um, and I have continued to experience encouragement and challenge um, in this particular community and it has truly been 
life-changing for me. Yes. yes. Amen. How about you, Lisa? Yeah. Your experience of community at Christ City. Sure. Um, again, long story short, um, I, I guess we should say we weren't the originators of this community. Uh, we joined this community when we moved here back in 2013. Uh, at the time, we were living in Northwest, but there were a small group of people here on Bay Street in Southeast that were praying that God would do something that only God can do in this neighborhood and bring a thriving church to this community. And so it was those folks, Nate and Sarah Schultz and others who were living on Bay Street praying for God to do something that were the originators of this community. Matthew and I moved down here and were installed as pastors in 2014, in the spring of 2014, and then started this 2014 fall group that Drea and others were a part of. And um, as we were talking the other day, she, she used a phrase that I really identify with. It was like we were falling in love. Like this group came for small group um, every, I don't know, whatever it was, Tuesday night, Monday night, and they, I love this, so don't, I don't mean this in a negative way, <laughs> but they wouldn't leave. Like it was 11 o'clock at night and people were still hanging out. We're like, we love you. We're just gonna go to bed. Y'all just lock up when you're done. Um, <laughs> Because we, because God was doing something, right? It wasn't so much about what we were doing, but God was doing something really special, birthing a new life and a new community. And we were just part of it. You know, we got to be part of it. So we loved that. Um, and I think that Matthew and I had made an intentional decision, along with others who knew they were going to be longtime Washingtonians, to say, whoever comes to these groups of ours, if they're here for a long time, if they don't know how long they're here, however long they're here for, two years, three years, we're going to invest in them in the ways that we've always um, invested and have been invested in. This can be a place of family, a place of growth, a place where the Holy Spirit is at work. And so we committed ourselves to that. It's like, for as long as you're here, we're with you. Um, and I guess the only other couple of things that I wanna say is, I haven't always been a small group leader. <laughs> and that's a part of my experience in community as well. I have been led by phenomenal women of color. When I was in the women of color small group, Betty Malamba and um, other women were just phenomenal in leading me. So I've been led. And, um, and when we are, when Matthew or Matthew and I are co-leaders of groups, we're not just leading alone. We're inviting others like the Nishes and Nicole Hill um, was co-leading with us at one point to do this together. So that's been a little bit of my story. Um, I feel like community is such a big idea and there's many different like definitions of what that could be. So I wonder for us as we kind of talk about what this looks like in, in practice, you know, we're talking about our core practices, worship, mission, community. Lisa, what do you think, what would you say is the goal of community? Easy Don't question. be blown Super away. Easy. It's to become like Jesus, <laughs> which is a total Sunday school answer. Some of you are already thinking that in your mind, like total cop out. Um, but actually, it's yes, it is to become like Jesus. But that's that's a simple answer to describe a very deep concept, and um, and so when I think of who Jesus is and what that relationship is to community, I very first think of Jesus has always existed in community. 
right? If you think about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who have always existed together, and they are one, part of the being of Jesus is his experience of community. And so as we live into that, our experience should be likewise, should be in community. That's, that's how Jesus is, is in community. And so you might be like maybe new and you don't know what the Trinity is and all of these big theological words. So I'm going to just read um, John, John 1.14 and maybe try and break that down a little bit. Uh, John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And this part of the verse says, Jesus didn't stay in heaven. Jesus existed with God and the Holy Spirit in heaven and came down and lived as a human um, among us. At the beginning of this chapter, uh, it says, in the beginning was the word. So the word is Jesus, by the way. The word is the name of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Here we have the beginnings of, of a Trinitarian theology. Um, he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. And then if you go to the very beginning of the Bible, we see it in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that word there is ruah, that's the name of the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So all of the persons of God have always existed and they have existed in community. That's, that's the theology of it. Um, so from a theological perspective, what it means to be like Jesus is to be in community, in relationship with one another. And obviously, I've already sort of said this, Jesus didn't stay in the perfection of heaven, in the ease of heaven. He came to earth and he got in the mess with us. He entered the messiness of humanity, the brokenness and the fallenness of humanity. He became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. And when Jesus lived in community with people 2,000 years ago, his life was marked by two things that are mentioned at the end of John 1.14. It says he came from the Father, you know, and, and he was full of grace and truth. So what does it look like for us to become more like Jesus as we live in community well, it means a lot of things, obviously. It means so many things, but I'll tell you, it is not less than being full of grace and being full of truth. So as we live our lives together, as we become more like Jesus, some of the marks of what that looks like is fullness of grace and fullness of truth. And I guess I got to say real quick, I think I have just another moment to say this. That's not that's not just like, I think we have this in several dimensions. Let me, let me say it that way. We have this in several dimensions. Am I full of grace and truth with myself? There's the personal aspect of this. As I'm relating to the Lord, am I full of grace and truth with myself? Or am I overly critical? Or am I overly permissive? Am I missing areas of my life where there could be greater freedom? Where God is saying, give me that and I can give you so much more. There's the personal dimension. There's the interpersonal dimension of it where we should be asking ourselves, am I full of grace and truth with those around me? And then there's the common good perspective of it. That's 
are we full of grace and truth in the broadest sense, in community? Are we telling the truth in our neighborhood here in Rosedale, wherever your apartment building or your home may be, it, are our lives marked by goodness for the common good? So there's that, that more general aspect of it as well. Phew, that's a lot to say in five minutes. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, if Okay, so you're newly the pastor of Community Life. Not new here, just newly the pastor of Community Life here at Christ City Church. And you care deeply about community. Um, if the goal of community is becoming more like Jesus, as I've just talked about, I wonder if you would name some of the barriers that you could imagine that could hinder Christ City from pursuing true community. We have limited time. No. <laughs> we do have limited time. Um, I think that I think that in the time, in the limited time that we have, I, I think I would name one of the barriers to us, to us, the collective us, um, pursuing true community, I think is the, the very real temptation and the tendency to be insular. So to look inward at ourselves. And I think this can show itself differently and in different ways. I think that it could look like avoiding vulnerability, even if you feel vulnerable, avoiding um, allowing anybody else access to that in yourself. You can be in a small group, you can be close with somebody interpersonally and, and close off access to yourself and close off investment into somebody else's vulnerability and somebody else's life um, as well. It's much more looking inward. I think this also for us can look like cultivating a community that has very rigid edges, like a really firm stop. Um, and it's, it's like we, we find our people, we make a safe corner for ourselves, and then we like bubble wrap it and never let anybody in or out ever again. Um, and I think this happens more easily than we realize. I think the goal of community is not community. That's not the goal. Community is still a means to an end. It's not the end itself. I think the community is one of Christ City's strengths. Absolutely, yes. And I would say that, I, I would guess many of you would agree with that, that you have found community, you have experienced something profound with other people that are here. And that's wonderful, and I'm so proud of us in that way. And the challenge to us is that community is not the end. It's still the means to the end. Community in itself can actually become an idol. It can stand in the way of transformation. When we disintegrate community from following Jesus, when we disintegrate it from being shaped or shaping other people, then it can easily be made into an idol. You know, belonging. Belonging is an important part of community. You have to have that or it's not true community. And we take that's why we take inclusion so seriously here. Belonging is essential to a to community, but belonging is also not the end goal. We don't just seek community to find belonging and then that's, we did it. That's not it either. I think similarly, safety in community is really important. That's a huge, huge thing. And, and I'll say here, to be in a community that, that does not have some kind of safety is actually very harmful. Um, and there, there are seasons and appropriate situations where we cannot be in community because safety doesn't exist. I wanna name that outright. 
and we do prioritize safety. I feel at Christ City, we, we are trying really well to hold one another's stuff. That's a hard thing. We're trying. We're trying to do that. It's, it's an important value. It's a communal value, I think, that we share. But safety isn't the end goal, and making the end goal safety can also impede our growth. Um, I think that safety and challenge have to coexist in a community in order for growth to happen, in order for us to take steps to become more like Jesus, which is the end goal of community, as Lisa has shared. You know, in Proverbs, there's a verse that you might have heard of that says, iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. Community is sharpening one another in the goal to become more like Jesus, so that I look more like Jesus in my whole context and so that you look more like Jesus in your, in your whole context, in your body. There's this, this word, the, this phrase sort of that I've heard here over and over again, especially in the early days. There's a culture and community needs to be high challenge and it needs to be high safety. And you need to have both. And I think this is the living out of what it means to be full of grace and truth. High challenge, high safety. Grace and truth. And that doesn't allow for insularity. It doesn't allow for us to just look inward um, in, our, in that first small group, I've, I've shared that I was challenged in my vocation and my calling. Um, I did not want to hear that. I, I still don't want to hear that sometimes. Um, I was challenged. I remember really specifically being challenged in um, a pattern of my parenting in the early days. That was real hard to hear. Um, but it, it challenged me appropriately, and I could receive that because there was safety with that challenge as well to say, I want to name this thing, and I'm going to walk with you. I'm not leaving you. I'm still here. Um, one of the verses that we read this morning was from Matthew 18, and I think it's one part of this, one verse in this is very, it's used when we gather all the time, right? So it's the one that says, when Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Like, have you heard that before in community? Or like when we're praying or whatever, and listen, I'm not knocking that you know when we pray like god we know that you are where we are gathered you are here that's true that's absolutely true but i think it's really interesting that we use this verse in like prayer gatherings or worship gatherings um in this way which this is actually doesn't have anything to do with like a prayer gathering or a worship gathering this whole section of scripture that jesus is talking about is talking about resolving conflict resolving conflict in community it's not this like, oh, it's unity. And no, it's not. It's about resolving conflict. He lays out this process. If somebody wrongs you, you go to them. You address the wrong that has happened. If they don't listen then, then you take somebody else or you take more than one person with you. And Jesus is here as the original hearers would have recognized this as, um, as reflecting like this legal language from the Old Testament where um, at least two people had to hear, had to bear witness to a testimony for it to be credible, right? Two or three. So this scripture is not about unity, per se. It's not about belonging or safety, but it's actually about the transformation and the restoration in community with other people, right? Jesus is talking about a process for conflict, and he's offering this promise that God is with us while we go through the process of conflict. 
And this verse is saying when we have exhausted our own ability, when I've, when I've addressed it myself, when I have taken my friends with me to address it, and still this is where we are, when we have exhausted our collective ability to cultivate community because it's freaking hard, we give it to God and God promises then to be among us. Where, where we are gathered to do this, God promises to be among us. There will be conflict in community. If you have not experienced that yet, in community is the common. There's co- going to be conflict, whether that's within Christ City, whether that's within our greater context of this neighborhood, of this city, whether that's in relationships we're in. That's the high challenge piece, right? We're going to rub. When iron touches iron and, and sharpening one another, one another, there are sparks, it's not this like peaceful process. It's loud and produces sparks. There will be conflict. But God promises to be there. And when we're in community together, we're promising each other that we're going to be there too. And that's the high safety piece. That's the high safety piece. Community is hard. Sharpening one another is very difficult. But the promise of God is there to be with us when we're trying to pursue racial justice, when we don't understand one another, when we misunderstand one another, when we are trying to plan an event with a neighborhood organization and and the details all are crazy and we don't know what's happening, you know? God is there when, when turning from looking inward and looking outward when it causes conflict, because it will. God is there when there are sparks, when we are sharpening one another, and that's the promise. Um... So yeah, insularity, I think, is one of the greatest barriers to our practice of community here. Um, and community that's not insular is, is calling one another outward, and we're calling one another towards the things um, that are better, and we're moving towards it together. Um, so, you know, that was an easy question also. Yeah. Super easy. Simple. And you guys all received it really well, <laughs> right? Like, it was just, like, butter, right? Um, Lisa, I wonder, you know, we're talking about, I've talked about a barrier that I see um, in this community. I wonder on the other side of that, what are some ways that we know that we are progressing forward in true community? Like one of the words that you and I talked about was a business term, key progress indicators, KPIs. Yes. We're so fancy. (laughs) (laughs) We're so fancy here. It's so fancy. Um, what, What would you say might be some KPIs? Um, for us as we pursue becoming more like Jesus in community? Mm. It's a good it's a good question. Um, yeah, because I, I love how we've talked about this, this series, practice. I grew up thinking practice makes perfect. <laughs> Guess what? It doesn't. It does, it does make progress. Sometimes it's perfect, but that ain't the whole measure. Um, so it's good for us to think about what progress looks like in our community, and there are lots of ways to answer this question, too. Um, and one of, the, one of the passages that we think about often when we think about, like, in the Bible, what's, what's the big epic passage about community? And that's Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. And I'll just reread it, and then we'll work, we'll work from there. It says, all who believed, and this is um, after Jesus has gone back to heaven and this new community is forming, All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts 
praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I love this passage. I, I think it's such a great picture for us uh, for what it can look like. But here's the deal. It's not a formula. There are no formulas in the Christian faith. There's a lot of faith in the Christian faith. And so I think we have to first realize it's not a formula. But what I also love about this is that, that it gives a picture that community is generative. It continues to add. And it's expansive. It's continually growing. Um, and there are horizontal and vertical dimensions. And I'll just say horizontal is like this interpersonal, your relationship with God and your faith. Um, and then there are... Um, that's vertical. I probably said horizontal. Sometimes I get confused. Um, so there's a vertical dimension and there's a horizontal dimension. Is How is this being lived out in real life, outside of my own personal, private relationship with God? Uh, so the vertical dimension, some things I see in this passage are um, they would sell their possessions and goods. Um, they're surrendering their money. <laughs> They're selling their possessions and goods. Their time is being given up day by day. It says day by day. What are the things that we're doing day by day that are bringing our hearts closer to Jesus? Day by day. Um, their resources. Here's a, an example. It says um, they shared their home and food. They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. And these are ways that we worship. It's, it's not just how am I praying, it's what am I doing when I'm balancing my checkbook and I'm thinking about how generous I can be and when I'm inviting folks over for dinner. Is that a thing that I'm connecting to God? It's worship. And it has a vertical dimension. I guess if I could sum it up, what I would say about this community that was forming in the early church as as folks were sharing who Jesus was in the Jesus story after his resurrection and ascension, is that there was a reorientation to new values and practices that are centered in the person and work of Jesus. And I think that that's an indicator when we see that there is a reorientation of our lives that hinge on the person and work of Jesus. We're, we're getting at this vertical dimension of community and it has generative and expansive implications. Um, in terms of the horizontal dimension, obviously that it says more, uh, more people were being added. There, there is a number, like in the scripture, it says like 3,000. Doesn't it say that? I think it does. Um, and that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, and I'm excited about that. Let me just say, like, I would love and I pray that um, Christ City continues to grow. I would love to see this community fill out. I loved seeing all the chairs being pulled off the wall and set up in the back this morning. That is exciting and that is indicative of God, God's work and of healthy community. So there is numerical growth. I also pray that, that, um, that we grow our reach and impact on YouTube, it's not nothing that people will log on to their computers every single week and worship with us, not here. That's also a faithful part of community and worship for us. But listen, let's don't 
get it twisted. Numerical growth and butts in seats, <laughs> I guess I can say that, is not the only indicator of, of healthy community. And I think that can get lost sometimes in churches. The other thing that I get excited about is the favor that we have in, in the broader H Street Atlas neighborhood in Rosedale. That is also an indicator of growth. Ooh, I can't tell my story, that's too bad. I had a story, but ask me later. Um, so here are some questions that I think we can ask ourselves. Um, are we present in this community? One, one question that I think every person in this church should ask themselves is, if Christ City were to leave this neighborhood, would anybody notice? Are we present in a way that is growing favor for people who are wondering, what is, what is Christianity? What do Jesus followers look like outside of what I see on the news? Um, is, our, is our witness faithful? Are we present? Um, I think that community and justice are attractive to people. Throughout ministry, that I, my ministry that I've, I've experienced over the last couple of decades, what I have observed is that when we do justice, people want to know about Jesus. And it's attractive. Um, people get added, people get set free. Those who were on the outside get to be on the inside. That's the picture of healthy community that we see in Acts 2. So if we have favor in the community, if folks are being more deeply connected to their faith in Jesus and they're living that out, I think that's a great indicator. Those are all great indicators for, uh, for healthy community. So I think uh, this is going to be our last question. Um, the series is, is, again, as we've said, practice makes progress. There are a lot of practices. <laughs> uh, what practices can we engage with as Christ City right now that, would be, would, that you would think would be really good for us? Like, bring it all the way down. Break it down for us. Breaking it down. Yeah. Practical right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going for the low-hanging fruit, y'all. It's not, it's not hard. We can do it. Um, the first thing I'd say is lean into community. <laughs> Um, small groups are about to start back up again in a couple weeks, several weeks. Join a small group. Try one. Just try it. You don't have to commit to it. You can just try it. That's okay. Um, join a small group. If you've been around for a little bit, consider leading a small group. There are pieces of investing in community that are um, allowing space to be made for you and then also making space for other people. And both of those are really important. Um, I think... Uh, think about what it looks like to accept this challenge and the safety that can be offered in community here. That's a hard thing, I think, to think about for ourselves. Think about the barriers for yourself um, and then help cultivate a culture of high challenge and high safety at Christ City. That is not easy and it's not a thing that just happens on its own. It's something that we actually have to cultivate. Um, I'd, also, I'd say serve your community. Um, that can include Christ City, but we are also a part of a bigger community. Be a good neighbor. Um, recognize when your gaze is turning inward. Um, recognize when our gaze is turning inward. We are not immune to that. Christ City, in many ways, could still, I'm sure, be described as insular. Um, it's not, community is not just for us, and community doesn't have a hard stop. Um, I think if we're going to function as the body of Christ in the world, 
Um, if we're going to point to the kingdom of God, if we're going to welcome other people, we can't, we can't be insular. P- part of becoming like Jesus in community is pointing one another towards God and pointing one another towards other people, not ourselves. Um, I think those two things, if you're thinking about that, take some time for yourself to recognize the temptation towards insularity um, and then lean in, lean in to your community, lean into serving your community, um, and pray. Pray that we are cultivating here um, a, a culture of high safety, high challenge, and that we are following the Spirit as the Spirit leads us to become more like Jesus.